This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. Hello there, my name is Ron Ecstasy, and this is Blue Man Group, a podcast about weird things on the internet news. Internet news, weird things. These are just <laughs> keyword tags that I'm throwing out there for SEO you to... optimization, yeah. Exactly, yeah. thank you. Uh, these are my co-hosts whose voices you just heard. That is Devin Welsh and John Bedron. Hello, lads. Hello, Hi, hello. gentlemen. Hi-lo, hen-lo, uh, ahoy-hoy. Ahoy-hoy. Other uh, ways in which we can say hello to each other. I hope you guys have been doing well. It's been one uh, busy, busy ass news week. I think we have uh, some reports from Asia this week. I believe we have some from the United States of America. Uh, probably something from underwater because that is just always in the news. But uh, yep, yeah. we do. We do have something from the the murky depths. Yes. The, the, so, yeah, we'll be, we'll be visiting all those uh, news desks today. And, listener, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're uh, acclimated to the, to the changing uh, weather patterns that have happened all over the world as the mm-hmm. new season dawns each uh, like day, almost, <laughs> or the 21st of June and stuff. Okay, let's move on. Uh, stop talking about seasons. I want to get right into it. Let's go. This, this, this week, this, week this, in, in, in history. This, this week in, in history. 1982, a jury in Washington, D.C. finds John Hinckley Jr. not guilty by reason of insanity for shooting President Ronald Reagan and three others. Hinckley, who said he shot Reagan to impress actress Jodie Foster, is committed to a psychiatric hospital. Wow. Okay, John Hinckley Jr. Um, yeah. Potentially one of the named... one of the more, more notorious Johns. Uh, yeah. That we as a group feel a little. It's tough, yeah. you know. We. Yeah. We, we he is one of ours, but we don't like to associate with him. Well, Found I was not... going to say that. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems as though he was named after his father because uh, he's a junior. Is that is that mm-hmm. safe to assume? Yeah, I think so. I think that I checks think out. So. John yeah. Hinckley Sr. But yeah, uh, declared not guilty by reason of doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to um, say. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's a, and it's for a the story. right reasons. <laughs> right. <laughs> to impress a lady. To, um, yeah, to impress to Jodie show Foster. Yeah. A total, yeah, a great, one of my favorite celebs. Um, but then so it turned like, out that Jodie like, Foster is gay. Is that true? I don't know. But so like oh. you have a yeah, good idea. Is. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to kill the president of the United States, uh-huh. uh, Ronald First Reagan. off, immediately you have a good idea. Yeah. And then you think, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I do really love Jodie Foster. And I think that if I kill the president, she'll be impressed. Maybe she'll want to have dinner with me or something. All of that checks <laughs> out. And yeah, it does. <laughs> he goes to trial mm-hmm. and he's declared not guilty. And mm-hmm. that's a wrap. Yeah, right. there you go. And well, it's it's sort of like like you'd have to be crazy to not want to shoot or to want to shoot Ronald Reagan, or like maybe no the, yeah. reason you'd want to unless you're crazy, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, or you'd be crazy to not like finish the job, you know? Like he was unfit, like he didn't, he wasn't able to successfully kill him. Yeah. So he was declared uh, insane, not guilty for that by reason. reason of incompetence. Yeah. Yeah. So he he didn't. He didn't. He where where did the bullet go? Like in Ronald Reagan's leg or something like that? Didn't some other guy get shot? Uh, the the it was named. They made like a law saying after named after the guy. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> I, I don't uh, know. <laughs> um, it's unclear. Um, James Brady, the Brady okay. Bill. Oh, the Brady Bill. Yes, I have heard of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it essentially made, uh, I think, like automatic weapons uh, so illegal. But oh, they, so they it, by so the way, it, they canceled James, that in like 1998. 
So he shot James Brady, and then the bullet ricocheted out of James Brady into Reagan. So technically, Brady was the assassin. Yeah, that's it, another good reason. That's you what could, the Brady Bill is about. Yeah. Yeah, don't it, it, be a, like a unwitting assassin of the person you're paid to protect by virtue yeah. of a bullet ricocheting <laughs> through you and then into yeah. that person. Well, it's like a perfect crime. If you shoot through someone, then they become responsible because they were the last person to have possession of the bullet. And as we yeah. all know, possession is nine-tenths of the law. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So you've yeah. got these cool pictures of you know people that picture lying rules. on the ground, like 1980s style yeah. of dress everyone's um, wearing yeah like those like le- leisure suits polyester yeah big overcoats yeah. and, uh, and everyone's stuff. everyone's diving onto reagan <laughs> yeah, yeah there's everyone's a- <laughs> like throwing their body on top of him to save him they're probably actually like hurting him there's a cameraman who kind of looks like he's smiling in the picture <laughs> yeah he looks weird. into it <laughs> he um, looks yeah, like, like a young guy he seems like cool he's probably yeah. like kind of like damn this is this is really yeah. fun what a happening yeah yeah exactly what a cool thing that just happened uh he uh, won't be found guilty yeah because right because he, he's insane uh uh yeah and i they're not using insane and in, like the cool we're like wow that's so insane they yeah, yeah. he's right. uh clinically insane apparently so uh but he's also sick in the sense of you know he's cool he's, he's like, cool he's cool sick stuff. yes he's sick. Um, totally sick that he did what he did but he's also yeah, clinically so, insane um yeah. <laughs> he yeah he, he uh uh just to let you know, he is out of jail. He is he has been released on July twenty seventh. Junior, yeah, John J H J R is uh, released <laughs> on uh, July twenty seventh, two thousand sixteen. Um, oh, he's been out for a while. Yeah, and uh, uh, or sorry, that's when the judge ruled he could be released, and then he was he was released. So um, he was released from institutional psychiatric care on September tenth. 2016 with many conditions damn um, day before the anniversary i know, I know. <laughs> and he, uh, did he know they wanted wow. him to do another one but he, <laughs> he didn't. Yeah. that's why they released him okay so here are the prohibitions um in his life now that okay. he's been released can't use alcohol damn. no no drinks for j h j r uh, no possessing any firearms, ammunition, or other weapons, or memorabilia of Jodie Foster, e.g. photos or magazine articles. He can't watch, wow. uh, he can't watch, like, uh, Passenger or, like, Escape Room or whatever <laughs> no. those movies. Yeah. No, he's, his letterboxed is uh, Silence empty. Silence of the Lambs, yeah. No. Yeah, he yeah. can't watch Silence of the Lambs. I know, um, this is 1984. He, he can't contact Ronald Reagan's family. What? uh Brady's family, Jody Foster, Foster's family, or Foster's agent. Um, he's not allowed to watch or listen to violent movies, television, or compact discs. Definitely can't oh, watch Silence nice. of the Lambs. That's great because he can just go on the computer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but he can't access printed or online pornography. Um, he can't online access to violent movies, television, music, novels, or magazines. He can't speak to the press. He can't be visiting homes, past homes, or graves of the current president, past presidents, or certain past and present <laughs> government officials. Okay. He can't, he can't go to, like, Lincoln's grave. No. No, so no, this no. Is, okay, so this is all a list of extremely fun stuff to do, especially visiting Lincoln's grave. Yeah. And without all of this stuff, you know, sorry, you're going to drive a guy crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What okay. are you trying to do? Trying to get him to shoot somebody else? I mean, like, let him <laughs> yeah. visit Lincoln's grave for God's <laughs> yeah. sake. He, okay. Let so, him put well, on, yeah, network or whatever. He can't really go uh, many places because he's not allowed to drive from his mother's home more than thirty miles unattended, or fifty miles when attended. Um, <laughs> okay. And he's also not allowed to erase his computer's web history. <laughs> Damn. So these are the uh, the the actions that the government has taken on uh, Mr. Hinckley. So now, you can you, shoot, wait, can you yeah. read that next section? Yeah, I can. The things so, he's forced to do. Yeah, he is required to work at least three days per week. He is required to leave immediately if he finds himself approaching prohibited spaces. And he is required to record his browser history three days a week at work so if after you, you tried to kill the president yeah I mean, if you I'm try sorry. to kill the president these are the things that you'll have to do after about 20 30 years in prison um, yeah so is it worth it maybe maybe uh, depends um, on how close you get 
Well, he so he's living in Williamsburg, Virginia, which is 153 miles away from Washington D.C. So he's very much outside of the uh, the the expressed uh, zone that he's allowed to be in by government. Uh-huh. But he's still pretty close to Washington D.C. All things considered, he could. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like he he's like a day trip away, away or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, just for a little bit more of an update, uh, John Hinckley is uh, a singer songwriter now. He's and dropped the junior from his name. This is now his performer name, John Hinckley. Yep. Yep. And he's uh, uploading videos to YouTube. So, uh, if you would like this is a little clip of John Hinckley's song Majesty of Love. Take it away, John. Hello everybody. This is an original song I wrote not long ago. Okay, thanks, John. That was uh, spectacular. What a voice on that man! It's uh, so he's yeah. Dev- for those of yeah. you familiar with who Daniel Johnston is, he's basically <laughs> ripping off Daniel Johnston in every way, uh, musically, his singing voice, his yeah. his size currently, his and his style as well. Yeah. He's wearing a very big baggy T-shirt, and he's kind of a, an older, rounder man with a guitar. But yeah. but yeah, if you want to l- listen to something like that, but that's really good, check yeah. out Daniel Johnston. That's a good. It, that's a good tip. Um, it is and much if better. you would, if you would like to check out John Hinckley's songs on YouTube, just type up "John Hinckley sings original song" in the YouTube search thing, and uh, it will. It you'll find it. Um, It'd be funny if playing that on the show got us like a DMCA uh, takedown. Yeah. Takedown or whatever. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we did not get this clear. But there are a few things to notice just in this John Hinckley video that you can't see. Behind him, I spot four clocks. So time is on his mind. Uh, The clocks are all at different times. Well, two of them are correct. One of them looks incorrect, and the other one of them is one of them is like president's time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, something (laughs) Jodie Foster time. So uh, yeah, yeah, this is something we need to one hundred percent keep an eye on all right let's wrap that up that was this week in history uh ronald sir ronald president reagan um rest in uh okay uh john hinckley <laughs> keep it up or something i don't know okay let's move on moving to, on moving on to probably Everyone's devin's favorite. absolute favorite portion of the show it is, it is. what's what? in the news What is in the news? All right. Well, it looks like we got a bunch of stuff in the news. John, I see you over there cracking some nuts. Uh, what are you huh? doing? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm uh, I'm just having a couple pistachios over here at the pistachio desk, oh. which is where I like to keep uh, track of all the legume. Are they legumes? Tree nuts I th- related I think news? they're legumes, yeah. I do. We don't have like a walnuts desk. We don't have like other nuts. So the pistachio desk kind of is like the main nut desk. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But this week we have... 42,000 pounds of missing pistachios leads to possible illegal pistachio operation. Oh, my. What? From Fox Fox uh, News. Um, authorities believe that the pistachios were being prepared to be resold. Hmm. It was the case of the missing pistachios when a pistachio company in California noticed that thousands of pounds of its main product, and there's a link here to the Wikipedia page for pistachios, had gone missing, it opened an investigation. It appears that a truck driver may have been running an illegal pistachio operation out of the trucking yard. What? So now this is an interesting entrepreneurial um, angle to work. (laughs) Um, I've never considered selling pistachios, but um, it might be a way to get ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe the problem was you just didn't have access to thousands of pounds of pistachios. That's part of it. Yeah. Not all of it. But. <laughs> um, um, the the Tulare County Sheriff's Office posted about the missing pistachios on its Facebook page. This is a classic Blue Men Group story. 
yeah. when the sheriff's office is posting to its own Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're reporting on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Touchstone Pistachio Company noticed that 42,000 pounds of pistachios had gone missing during a routine audit. The company reported the situation to the sheriff's office, which opened an investigation. How often do you think they're auditing how many pistachios they have? <laughs> yeah, I know. Hopefully a routine daily. audit. And then, yeah, yeah. like you're the, you're the pistachio audit guy. And so most of your <laughs> job is just so boring. It's just it's like, so okay, easy. You just check the box. Every pound of pistachios is here, yet always the same. Okay, okay. And then one day you're like, wait a minute. 42,000 pounds short. (laughs) Okay, it must have added something incorrectly. And then you do it again. You're like, damn. Fat fingered it on the the old calculator. (laughs) Yeah. No, the math checks out. Oh, my God. We've got a pistachio problem. Uh, According to the Facebook post, it was eventually discovered that a tractor trailer had been moved from the Montmayer trucking lot in Delano, which I think is Texas, yeah, to a nearby unnamed lot. There it was Hmm. discovered that the pistachios were in 2,000-pound sacks, gesundheit. Apparently the plan was to move the pistachios into smaller bags and resell them, which is really... That checks out. I mean, you well, have the, to do that. Yeah, you can't sell a 2,000-pound sack. I know, I'm not buying. I rarely buy my pistachios in 2,000-pound sacks. What's their distribution model here? Like, do they have, like, a team of kind of, like, people that are going to do door-to-door sales? Or right. Or do they have, like, they have mm-hmm. wholesalers that they are have lined up ready to sell? Just driving like, to gas stations and being like, can I restock your pistachios? Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. It's interesting you mentioned that my uh, grandfather was a door-to-door pistachio salesman. Uh, oh, really? Before the war in the Delano uh, area. Yeah, in the in Delano Tulare area. County. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, did he? Did, would he have had any moral issues with uh, selling <laughs> stolen pistachios? Well, yes, because back in those days, it was a licensed job, and you had to spend <laughs> some upwards of four hundred fifty hours to get that pistachio license to uh, sell door to door it was kind of like sorry are you saying how are you pronouncing can you say that again pistachio yeah did you say pistachio just i did because you guys told me that it's pistachio (laughs) i say pistachio (laughs) i say pistachio it's pistachio right i guess it doesn't matter is it a italian word i i say pistachio but uh pistachio that's a little more i say peanut it does sound more european dear listener please reflect on how you say pistachio <laughs> yes please or do. pistachio yeah yeah do you think that anyone back in the days you know the the western days of pistachio mm-hmm. salesmen do you think mm-hmm. any of the guys you know the union guys do you think they skimmed off the top at all um yeah, yeah this gentleman I here in this story is crime like intimately interwoven with the pistachio industry or is this an, <laughs> right. is this an outlier right yeah exactly has the this been going on kind of they create maybe they create the conditions of like you know black market criminal enterprise that just somehow mm-hmm. sticks to pistachios for some reason yeah maybe it's something to do with the shells it's because they're so tasty it's like well obviously they're a highly desirable nut they're the ones everyone wants they're the ones yeah. i'm eating right now here at the pistachio desk but um, they're behind well, the shells and so that's yep. the, the the catch-22 of pistachios you want they're the best nut when you mm-hmm. can eat them they're very fatty but yes mm, they they involve effort but you have to crack them open well yeah and sometimes they don't always sometimes they're not opened yet and you yeah have to, that's that's the other thing it's it's like impossible a little, to get out it's the kinder surprise of uh uh <laughs> you know nature's bounty and and, yeah. and it's essentially asking you it's like come on just it's a little prize in here if you open it up and then as john said there's sometimes those ones that will not open and sometimes they say you can use the discarded out outer shell to kind of pry those open that's, that's what right that's what real heads do that's what when the pros do <laughs> yeah when they're in the pistachio nut business but listen that is also a way in which you can subvert the uh, pistachio economy or whatever is like yeah sorry that bag it's actually just filled with all pistachios that won't open wink wink Wing, you know, wink. that's how it starts. That's yeah. how you you end up in these forty two thousand pound <laughs> missing pistachio situations. Someone forgot to carry the one mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook. The Tulare County Sheriff's Office wrote, "Quote: Investigative leads in Fresno and Kern County discovered the tractor trailer containing the pistachios had been moved from the Montmayer trucking lot in Delano to a nearby lot." Um, Detectives found that the pistachios were being moved from 2,000-pound sacks into smaller bags for resale. The post confirms that the remaining pistachios were returned to the Touchstone Pistachio Company. Uh, on Facebook, many That's commenters nice. seemed entertained by the nature of the crime. 
Oh boy. One seemingly amused commentator wrote, Good job, detectives. I guess you really cracked this case. Nice. I must have been nuts to think he could get away with it. Hell, yes. This is an insider uh, who works at the Pistachio Factory, and they're going ahead and they're signaling to the other workers that it's John Hinckley Jr., (laughs) who's nuts to think he could get away with it. He was the culprit. Yeah. That's, Um, I mean, fair enough. But yeah, the, the, these pistachios were returned, and so they will be sold. Um, and this is kind of, yeah, it's like, you know, crime doesn't pay. Law enforcement steps in, they, uh, they retrieve the pistachios, and those can go out to good taxpaying citizens that enjoy their pistachios mm-hmm. and follow uh, the letter and spirit of the law. In defense yeah. of the, um, the uh, well, who's now being alleged to stole the pistachios, although we, yes. as the Blumen Group, we cannot say that he is guilty or not guilty of it. No. no. I will say that if he were guilty of mm-hmm. stealing these pistachios to sell them, they still would have gotten into the public's hands and mouths. That's true. Yeah, that's How true. How much of a crime is it really? And no, I agree. It's, yeah, you're you're right. It's not much of a crime. Um, it's, it's, it's important uh, that the pistachios do get out and uh, mm-hmm. get out to the consumer uh, for as much value as possible. Mm-hmm. Actually, yes, he's he's a, a, an enterpriser. He's he's trying to make sure that pistachios aren't that the market isn't being diluted by these bureaucratic yeah. pistachio distribution networks. Yep, yep. Who've 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 had a chokehold on the uh, on the distribution? It's a, listen. It's one family essentially that's running the whole pistachio game, and this guy's trying to break it up. Yeah, the um, whole thing is crooked. It is yeah. crooked. Now, listen. Uh, Hinkley went into into the court <laughs> and said that. Uh, he was insane, criminally insane, and uh-huh. they threw he it was... out. I think this guy should do the same, but say he, he just claim he's nuts. I'm nuts. All right, let's. <laughs> I'm move nuts for these pista- pistachios. <laughs> yeah, le- the <laughs> I should go to jail for that. Now, um, <laughs> this this yeah, I I I think. Well, one thing that I thought about is, did they when they returned the forty two thousand pounds of pistachios, did they just kind of take it on? on like good word you know be like oh yeah they're all here or did they <laughs> did they just weigh them and be like wait a second there's 40,000 here and then the guy's running away Got with that 2,000 pound sack yeah. yeah but they find his snack drawer just like swimming <laughs> with pistachios just spills over just hey. like just like John at the uh, snack desk right now or sorry the pistachio je- desk um, snack John, desk is next week yeah that is next week I would say uh uh, you know, let's. Uh, d- d- we'll deal with the the toughest part about the uh, pistachio desk is opening up that drawer. It's sealed. You have to <laughs> you have to use a another. You have to pista- use a little uh, a jimmy or like a crowbar to pry. Yeah, it open. exactly. You have to use uh, discarded pistachio shells. Um, well, uh, that is great, John. I appreciate your all of your work that you've been doing on the pistachio you. desk. You it's had one your- of my favorite desks to sit on because it, the drawers are full of pistachio pistachios. Yeah, that is great. Pistachio, pistachio. Who cares? Right us a letter to tell us which you say it is blue men group p.o box 21249 detroit michigan Blumengroup.pobox21249.detroitmichigan48221.detroitmichigan48221.detroitmichigan48221.detroitmichigan48221.detroitmichigan48221.detroitmichigan48221.detroitmichigan48221.detroitmichigan48221.detroitmichigan
Japan mm. condom makers fear anti-climax at Tokyo Olympics. Oh, oh, oh wonderful. What a rich headline. That is rich. Uh, so it's for just, the listener, I will say that uh, Mark is uh, specifically um, going against those prohibitions right now in the in the newsroom, and he is drinking a glass of water, and he also has a condom on his erect on. penis. Yes, yes, that is correct. I am. He's also wearing gloves, and he's wearing a hat. Yes, and I'm he's generally... wearing those little shoe napkins that movers put on their feet before they come into your house. Yep, so it's not dirty the floor. I, I just want to let everybody know, uh, since episode one that we've been doing Blue Man Group, I put on a condom right before we we uh, record, press record just for our own safety, my own safety, John's own safety, Devin's own safety, and first and foremost, the listener's safety. So... <laughs> A ban on overseas fans, strict virus rules, and regulations preventing the distribution of their premium condoms to Tokyo Olympics competitors have left manufacturers deflated. Hold on. Uh-oh. Premium condoms? Yes, John, I'll get to that, okay? We, we have some extremely premium condoms coming out of, uh, just bursting out of Japan. All right. So... The organization, or excuse me, the organizing committee of the Tokyo Olympics has listed out a few do's and don'ts for the participants. Among the list, breaking tradition, is the committee's refusal to distribute condoms. However, athletes will be allowed to bring in alcoholic beverages into the village to be consumed in their rooms. These are part of the committee's measures to ensure the safety of the athletes amid the coronavirus pandemic. Okay, so the, okay. So we've covered this a few times in our show. Japanese population decline yes. ended this year at the Olympics. Yeah, mm-hmm. seems like it. And and I, I I do believe have we covered condoms in the Olympics before or something? Because it seems as though this news story comes up every every Olympics. But it's it's generally <laughs> bit... telling you how many condoms they're going to have. Where it's like they've got nineteen million condoms, dropping them off uh, in a truck. I guess I yeah, have never paid village. attention to this because this the fra- the the insertion of the clause breaking tradition really yeah. threw me. I had no idea that like condom distribution was like something that they've been doing in the Olympics like since time immemorial or something. The last thing you want is broken uh, tradition <laughs> with condoms. So condoms have been distributed to participants at the Olympics since the 1988 Seoul Olympics to raise awareness of AIDS. Yeah. Mm. Um, so. It's been done for quite a while now, but yeah, I guess, uh, but it is an important issue. I mean, one way or the other, knowing whether condoms will be available to the athletes at the Olympic Games, I think it's kind of just one of those questions that you think about when you're watching the Olympics, like, oh, they've got all these, you know, young people together, uh, they're staying in the Olympic Village, you know, they have a lot in common, um, you know yeah they're all sort of like co-eds or something like they're all like of the same caliber in class yeah Yeah. well so you want them having safe sex you want them but then on the other hand as you say hey these are really uh extraordinary accomplished people um athletically speaking Uh, maybe (laughs) get rid of the condoms and then we have more uh exciting athletes in the future that's yeah, what true. I've been thinking about. And I think it's like, hey, do we want the Olympics to continue? It already seems like the uh, Olympics are on kind of a rocky road. Like, uh, not necessarily the time we, we want to be uh, using our uh, uh, nationalisms to compete against each other. But uh, mm-hmm. why not have all these people, you know, knock, it, uh, boots, knock boots, so to speak? It would be nice for, like, you know, the color commentary at the Olympics to be like, well, this year's gold medalist for the ski jump is like a real specimen. You know, he's got the arms of a Hungarian and like the legs yeah. of a Botswanian or something. Ladies, yeah, yeah. he's available. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, I would, I yeah, I would just like to see uh, actually sex become an Olympic event. That, that I bet that, you would, you pervert. So yeah. this is what I'm. Thinking you would love to watch sex at the Olympics. I do. Yeah, we do I a little to. less competition. We slowly phase out the competitive stuff and we slowly <laughs> phase in the scenarios in which the olympians have sex with each other yes that would be i mean they used to have like poetry and like uh art kind of competitions in the olympics Skeet shooting yeah that, let's bring in competitive Darts. athletic sex that's what i want to see i've mm-hmm. seen i've seen videos of this on on uh 
on right. on the internet where, where there's like uh, two ladies wrestling and stuff. Okay, like that. I've right, watched right, I've right, watched right, those. Right. Okay, yeah. so uh, for but Japanese yeah. condom makers, the Tokyo Olympics was supposed to be a golden opportunity with hordes of eager <laughs> tourists and tens of thousands of their innovative ultra thin prophylactics given to athletes but a ban on overseas fans strict rule virus rules and regulations preventing the distribution of their premium condoms to competitors have left man so i've said who that. wrote this article deflated. this is very much a like pro like the the specialness of japanese condoms article yep i've yet to get to that exact um uh specialness about them so uh they were there so they are going to hand out 160,000 condoms uh at the pandemic postponed games um but they're 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 for athletes to take home which is weird mm. and so the whole idea is they don't want uh athletes um having unnecessary forms of physical contact uh and so like the whole take the condom back home is kind of kind of a weird weird thing so they're yeah they're saying um uh, they're not meant to be used at the Olympic Village. Instead, they're supposed to be brought back by the athletes to the respective home countries and help them support the campaign to raise awareness. Oh, I don't know about what maybe okay. using raise awareness. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Raising awareness. So you, John keeps asking. He's like, hey, what's so uh, popular? Why are they so premium? Premium. Okay. Well, John, here we go. Um, the The... The prized model condom is a condom that is 0.01 millimeters thick. Now, okay. that's not very thick. It's why are we not. being told this? Like, why? Why does it matter how? Oh, so thin it's a ba- it's a baggy is? fit. <laughs> it's a bag. Yeah, exactly, baggy fit. So, because it, it they want to, uh, the Olympics is not only about the the athletic events. It's about you know selling seeing shoes. how another. Uh, it's about selling shoes, yeah, it, and it, selling condoms. It shows like countries what they're capable of, you know. And essentially, what they're trying to tell us is Japan is is making uh, incredibly thin <laughs> condoms. And um, so the there, the, it turns out that the uh, Olympic Games are only allowing them to distribute latex-based condoms. These ultra-thin condoms are made of polyurethane. And this is so. This is according to the Japan Japan Condoms Industrial they're made of Association. They're painting the condoms on. <laughs> yeah, and so um, we we an industry source said once they heard the news about the uh, latex only, they said when I learned about the requirement, I thought, oh my god, can that be right? <laughs> we had really counted on being able to offer these ultra thin ones. Um, Okay. And it's only Japanese companies that manufacture condoms as thin as 0.01, 0.02 millimeters, says Hiroshi Yamashita. Well, this sounds like, okay, so after the Olympic Games, if there's like 40,000 condoms missing. (laughs) Yeah. We can only assume they're being resold on the international market. Don't look at my pockets. Yeah, these ultra-thin condoms. Yeah, it's It does make sense that they would still be distributing them even though the athletes are supposedly not going to have sex. Because as we said, it is just good practice. I mean, again, Ron is wearing a condom right now. I can see it. Yep. It's absolutely in use. Why aren't we encouraging the Olympian athletes to have non-penetrative forms of sex? There we go. Um, there we go. Yeah. You know, there's many ways to be sexually intimate. And I think that's true. Uh, the Olympics should be a bit more vocal about, you know, encouraging um, sort of less traditional versions of sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hand stuff, you mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot of hand yeah. and mouth a lot stuff, of hand, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mouth yeah. stuff, too. <laughs> Don't yeah, forget mouth. mouth stuff. A lot of that, yeah. yeah. So uh, just again, Hiroshi Yamashita, the spokesman for um, Sagami Rubber Industries, which opened up a new factory in Malaysia to meet the expected rise in demand. Um, they said, uh, we see the Tokyo Games as an extremely precious opportunity to let the world know about Japan's high technology. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, yeah. Thank you. We, we, we're now well aware of these ultra-thin Japanese yeah. condoms. That, um, um, this is absolutely going to influence the results also of the Olympics. So it's like every year, like there's certain favored contestants who win certain categories, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Russia always wins certain events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that on the men's Olympic side, 
that there's going to be a lot more of like the discus throwing or the mm-hmm. pole vaulting mm-hmm. or anything that you're really like wrist and hand oriented. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're going to be struggling in these events. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to be maybe a little stuff. tuckered out. Yeah, the yeah. hand stuff is probably yeah, going to... Left to their own devices. They yeah, may have been expecting out. the boost they get from the Olympic Village. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, they're by not allowing them to have unprotected intercourse, <laughs> they're kind of imposing on them all this hand stuff that yeah. <laughs> is going to really wear them out. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, be, I don't be know on the lookout. that. Yeah, be on the lookout for hand stuff uh, or the effects of... <laughs> previous hand stuff happening at the olympics uh while Mm -hmm. you're watching the olympics how about that Mm -hmm. did you figure that one out okay so uh (laughs) listen from a safe sex perspective what we want is people using any condom rather than none said uh hiroshi so at the end of the day whatever people choose because it feels good to them is a good thing to us and that's really nice i like that little bow on the end they've got all these polyurethane extremely thin condoms well hold Uh, on at the end of the day, whatever people choose because it feels good. Yeah. Well, so Which maybe no. The ultra sometimes thing. no condom. <laughs> right, right. John, yeah, that's whoa. Whoa! Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> never tried that. Um, moving on. Yeah. Um, um let's 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 uh, take that off and uh, <clears throat> kind yeah, of let's tie discard that. that. Up. Let's yeah. tie it up and then just kind of ask like, what should I do with this? And then. Yeah, maybe just throw it on the, the floor next to the headboard for now until we figure it out later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll throw um, that story over in the corner of the room, and um, uh, we'll definitely get to it later. Yeah. I've got a story about um, an uncomfortably similar substance. Oh um, God. <laughs> I'm sitting here at the phlegm desk. Um, it's kind of a multi-purpose desk. It covers all sorts of bodily fluids. Um, things you'd rather not uh, experience or look at or smell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway I have a really fascinating disturbing story coming out from Turkey uh, the headline a slimy calamity is creeping across the sea hmm. divers who have seen the phenomenon firsthand describe many types of underwater sea snot uh. <laughs> there are the stringers which most resemble the sticky goo that oh. might actually come uh. out of your nose but there are also floating clouds, white and ethereal, so delicate that they break apart in your fingers. Whoa. Then there are the tiny flakes of marine snow, which begin Ugh. as drops of mucus and accumulate organic Ugh. debris as they drift slowly, slowly down to the bottom of the sea. Ugh. It's kind of like the, like when your your nose is running, dripping down your throat. Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah, so, I hate the flum so, desk. And the, so now to localize this in Turkey, uh, um, then there is whatever is happening <laughs> off the coast of Turkey, a downright mucilage calamity. In the words Whoa. of Turkish President uh, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, the sea snot there has surfaced and turned monstrous, gelling into a thick layer of yellowing slime atop the water. Damn. For months, this foul mucus has blanketed the Sea of Marmara, which connects the Black Sea and the Aegean Sea in the Mediterranean. It's smothering shellfish, clogging nets, and destroying the fishing industry. The slime is, in short, a national crisis. My God. Wow. Turkey is undergoing a national snot crisis. Off, just offshore. And I thought there was enough slime in Turkey proper. Whoa. Hey-o. Whoa. But, um... Yeah, so they're dealing with this sea slime, sea snot, mm-hmm. filling the water. Uh, not not only uh, not harmless, but actually destroying. Actually, uh, the quite ecosystem. destructive. Yeah. Where does it come from? Uh, what is it, and why is it happening? <laughs> and what does it taste um, like? <laughs> yeah. So Turkey is now trying to vacuum up its embarrassment of sea snot, dispatching workers with hoses to collect mucus oh. by the tons for incineration. But Ew. scientists say that much more is probably lurking under the water. They're good, just going to set it on so fire. Much. They're just yeah. going to set the it's snot gonna on fire. It's going to smell so bad. And even worse, the floating mucus is a sign of much larger disruptions in the sea. As unsightly as sea snot might be, its most devastating effects happen far away from human eyes, deep below the surface. I'm imagining the Turkish divers are going in with no gear and they just just scoop their hands into the water and like bring it up and like the snot's dripping over their fingers. Uh, yeah, And they yeah. like push it into like a basket or something and they just keep going like that. Yeah, they're paid by the pound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, they're like migrant workers. Like yeah. for like apples and stuff. 
So the the article or goes pistachios, on maybe. I want to gross you out. Just get into the vibe. You're you're kind of swimming in the ocean, and then suddenly yeah. you're you're in this thick goo. This like some you're stuck. Some giant nose snotted all over you, and you're yeah. stuck. And there's <laughs> dead fish everywhere, and you're screaming, and no one can hear you because the wind is blowing uh, offshore, mm-hmm. and so the people on the shore they can't hear your scream. And anyway. Mm-hmm. So running on the beach, splashing each other with like the clean water they haven't yet realized, and And they're just having a good day, and you're just alone in the water. It fills your mouth and nose, and you can't breathe, and your heart is racing. (gasps) It's getting in your ears. So slime in the sea is not inherently unusual. Mucus is everywhere, says Michael Stachowicz. Uh, <laughs> says Michael Mucus. <laughs> Michael Stashowitz, uh, a marine ecologist at the University of Vienna. There's no marine orga- organism that doesn't produce mucus from oh, the little snail t- to the marine slimy orgasm. fish. Marine Very orgasm. Marine orgasm. Did I say that? Almost. You almost um, said it, but then you said organism. But in healthy waters, mucus doesn't amass to epic proportions. The current sea snot outbreak can be blamed on phytoplankton, a type of algae that produces the small bits of mucus that turn into flakes of marine snow. When these phytoplankton receive an infusion of imbalanced nutrients from fertilizer runoff or untreated wastewater, they make an overabundance of mucus. Beads of that mucus accumulate into stringers, which accumulate into clouds, which accumulate into the unending sheets now washing up on Turkey's coast. It's um, so it's it's like a biome issue. The, the uh, one word the, the sea's biome is is off. Because well, it it's sounds like the infected. phytoplankton has a cold. Yeah, yeah, like, it's sick. It's yep. sick, and so it's producing extra mucus. 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 Lots of mucus here, kids. I bol- yeah. I think uh, the mucus situation, especially in Turkey, is just getting out of control. The story and, is so uh, bad that over at the pistachio desk, I'm having a hard time now swallowing these nuts. Yeah, I Yeah, absolutely. And like, and it goes on, it gets even grosser. Bacteria trapped in the mucus will eventually start to eat and digest it, creating air bubbles that ultimately float the whole sheet of sea snot up to the surface. Wow. In the Adriatic Sea, the arm of the Mediterranean just east of the Italian peninsula, the floating mucus can dry and toughen in the sun. Seagulls are known to walk on it. Uh, sea scabs. Yeah, so we've got sea scabs, folks. They're floating across the ocean. Uh, oh. We are in trouble. Okay, the so wait, this is in the Adriatic is Sea? This is in the Adriatic, yeah. That's okay, right. and what publication uh, published this story? Um, let's take a look. Uh, the Atlantic The Atlantic. Magazine. Hmm. Huh. Huh. Hmm. How about so, that? This could be a propaganda <laughs> piece. Uh, the people that are paid by the big Atlantic Ocean people uh, yeah. writing stories. Uh, New headline in the Atlantic today, Other Seas Gross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So take this with a grain of salt, wink, wink. Yes, yes, um, yes. Nicely done. Um, can I read this? It says that boats cannot go to sea at all because mucus clogs up the seawater intake that cools the motor. A motor can have a meltdown within a minute. Statuich said, fishing nets become slimy and heavy, and tourists, of course, <laughs> want nothing to do with the mess. It doesn't help that the sea snot degrades on the surface. Its smell can turn quite nasty, too. Tourists, of course, want nothing to do with the mess. And I then know. in like three months, it's going to be like, actually, there's a new tourism boon in Turkey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say, they just need to reframe this. They need, yeah. um, they need to hire a, a, a marketing company to kind of build the brand of this thing. Like, hey, you know, Turkey, we've got sea snot. We've got, <laughs> you know, this new organism. We're at like the cutting edge of, you know, mucilage of, of, of ecosystem collapse. <laughs> yeah. Be like for some reason, there's like a huge number of like Germans vacationing in Turkey this year. <laughs> We're not exactly sure. There's why. a lot of like weird loners shuffling around <laughs> uh, by themselves on the beach, uh, but they're paying top dollar. So yeah, I also think that maybe there could be some sort of partnership and I'm imagining two hands shaking as I say that. Um, whereby the Japanese condom I, makers mm-hmm. could use these, uh, all the, yeah. the hundreds of thousands of unused, very uh, thin, Extremely but, thin, but very strong uh, condoms to kind of like, I don't know, create little bags of this, uh, little tiny bags of the sea snot, and then... Um. Then they can. Fig- I don't. I haven't Sell thought what, what happened. Well, another next. thing is they could make condoms out of the sea snot. Oh, true. Okay, um, there we go. You could 
that would be a way of repurposing this stuff you just smother it over your member yeah protect mm. i'm imagining the that athletes. i'm imagining that the failure to provide condoms in tokyo into the the olympic village on the pacific ocean is is leading into this problem it's it's gonna add to this not problem that's for sure yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, if you don't, if you're not giving the condoms, you know, where is it going to go? It's going to be flushed down the toilet and, uh, the ocean uh, circulate, you know. you know, so yeah, these, it's gotta these accumulate are, somewhere. this is the thing that we're trying to teach you here at Blue Men Group is that the world is, is a very complex, but interrelated system. That's correct. And, um, all things affect one another and, yep. mm-hmm. uh, um, it's also a Buddhist concept, you know, dependent origination. You know, we can't mm. exist without, you know, the rest of the world. And so, um, yeah, if a butterfly flaps its wings halfway around the world, it'll get extremely sticky in Turkey. Yep. Yeah. That so all kinds of mucus, mu- you know, all kinds of mucus, all kinds of uh, excretions, um, you know, need to be taken into account. That's for sure. Yes, and I'm I'm uh, definitely on top of the excretion accounting uh, here at Blue Men Group. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lo- accounting for all uh, excretions. Um, I would like to I would like to read a, just a little bit more in this article that I think mm-hmm. is pretty interesting. Gerhard Herndl, an oceanographer now at the University of Vienna, oh, yeah, told I know me him. that while diving in the 80s. Oh yeah, you guys are uh, acquaintances. Dive, diving buddies. He mistook the first cloud of mucus he ever saw for a shark. What? Until at that moment, he had not known that sea snot could grow to such behemoth proportions. Oh, wow. So just big, big heaps of it. Yeah. The mucus floating underwater was fascinating, even beautiful. See, this is, here we go. We already got the reframing in process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what scientists saw on the seafloor was disturbing. They already knew that unsightly layers of the mucus could float to the surface. Now they discovered that they could also sink, covering corals, sponges, brittle stars, mollusks, and any other unlucky creature on the seafloor, cutting them off from oxygen. They're literally smothered, says Alice Aldridge, uh, an oceanographer at UC Santa Barbara. Sure, it's uncomfortable for us as human beings to have all this gunk at the surface, but the bottom-dwelling organisms are going to die. Um, They're getting completely coated in mucus and... Wow. It's very disgusting. Well, Devin and John, thank you so much for your reporting from the uh, the gunk desk, aka the phlegm desk, aka the mucilage um, mm-hmm. uh, building, where we re- report <laughs> on these types of things. Uh, that's absolutely disgusting news. Um, the phlegm desk has really driven up the janitorial costs of the studio. Oh yeah, it's always a mess. Yeah, over at it this is. Desk. They always um, have like a note complaining about the mess at the phlegm desk. And Please I'm just blowing up. loogies on the floor left and right. <laughs> You're snot rocketing. Yeah. Who's loogie? All right. Let's um, move along here uh, while Devin is blowing loogie uh, and um, head over to <laughs> another desk that we have. It's, it's the future monster of the week. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this I know. Is, this is really setting up something scary. Uh, I know. This is a trigger warning for our listeners. Um, we will talk about we monsters. We could be giving you a glimpse into a horrifying future. Yes. I would like to uh, say that I'm already uh, evaluating this subject as a monster. Future, nothing. <sighs> mm, right, right. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his monstrosities already demonstrated thus far are worth, yeah. worthy of consideration. Yes. So we've got a headline here um, out of... Uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, an Indian boy, age 12, in the UAE, develops anti-cheating system for online exams. So, oh a boy. 12-year-old Indian student in Sharjah has created an anti-cheating guard for online exams that alerts the school if a student is straying away from the exam site to access other websites or documents. <laughs> My God. Wow. Arush Rajani, a grade eight student in the Delhi private school Sharjah, DPS Sharjah, has built a JavaScript based web component that instantly identifies such activity and alerts the invigilator of the class about the incident. It notes the specific time the student was away and then automatically sends an immediate email alerting the invigilator with specific time logs. Okay, so this is it's a it's a program that tattles. 
Yes. But it's also yeah. like a program that tattles in the most like tattly way possible, which is like pointing at someone when they're doing something wrong. I mean, With like, numbers. Oh, look, look, look. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, this yeah. is backed up by numbers. Okay. Without proctors walking down aisles and exams hall, exam halls, keeping an eye on any attempt by students to cheat, educators are taking steps to mitigate cheating during online exams from home. Right. So, yeah, what we have here is a 12-year-old evil genius that (laughs) um, has decided to use his great powers uh, towards uh, repressive ends by essentially building the infrastructure of control um, as a student for the teachers. He's he's such a good boy that he's evil. Yes. And also, he's uh, a head boy. So, Arush, who was the head boy of middle school at DPS Sharjah. I bet he is. Known for his computer skills, was recently approached by his middle school science head of department for an opportunity. Hey, kid, I got an opportunity for you. (laughs) To enhance the... This is probably exactly what the middle school science teacher said. We need to enhance the reliability of the online examination process by creating an anti-cheating mechanism to help the invigilators. And he's like, I got it. And then went Mm, right to work. Yeah, Yeah. went right to work. Um. Arush, who is from India's business capital, Mumbai, soon delivered the anti-cheating system, which his school's IT team has not been able to hack despite several attempts during testing. All such attempts failed, including shifting windows, opening new tabs, using shortcuts such as Alt-Tab or Control-Tab. They were trying their best to find a loophole in my code, but the web code worked in all scenarios and blocked cheating attempts, Arush said. (laughs) So yeah, he's really he's he's feeling himself right now. Yeah, yeah. whose uh, side are you on, Arush? I know. Uh, with it, with this capability, invigilators can now assess larger patterns that can help identify worn repeat offenders and, in the long run, reduce the incidence of such events. He added. So Arush is speaking this way. A twelve-year-old is speaking about. Oh, um, he's selling his own product. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so he uh, then, Arush then thanked his entire school community, who's probably throwing uh, for their support uh, tomatoes at not, him. Yeah, they are yeah. not supporting him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and his parents for the support. He said, "My parents have been an absolute rock of inspiration." No twelve-year-old speaks like this, by the way. Um, no. Yeah. Support, motivation, and facilitation. They have always been there to support me and motivate me, regardless of my success or failures. Okay, so it's just about his parents. It says he thanked his entire school community and his parents, and the sentence is just his parents have been supportive. Yeah. yeah. I guarantee that this, the classmates are diametrically opposed to him as a classmate and as a friend and as, like, any like being in the same community. But hey, This kid I is mean, completely alone at lunchtime. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> On the other hand, though, maybe he's kind of looking out in a in a... In a long-term way for his classmates mm. um, in a way that they don't realize now, but maybe we'll thank him later. And ah. that, uh, you know, going through such a hard time such as COVID-19 and having to um, you know, deal with, you know, doing school from home, it can cause a, an apathy, a lack of motivation, a lack True. of kind True. of drive to learn in students. And, and I think maybe Arush identified that. Yes. And felt that, you know, sometimes bitter medicine uh, is the best kind. And that um, by ensuring that his uh, fellow students behave themselves and uh, do their work properly, uh, they'll be in a better position to succeed. Um, Devin's saying this because uh, when he was in eighth grade, he invented an anti-cheating system that was uh, not adopted by um, the school board (laughs) in which he was... uh, a, part a of. member of yeah. yeah full disclosure i have been helping arush uh bring this to market okay and, uh, we've been He's, having a number of very productive meetings okay with, uh, i also American suspect that devin has been uh monitoring our emails in the blue men group office yeah and I, he keeps bringing up subjects that he's not in email chains he's not a part of and he keeps like sort of yeah, subtly dropping hints weird. that he would like to be included Okay, I admit it. I have been using the latest technology <laughs> to try to better you. I mean, um, so anyway, me and Arusha are looking up for you guys, even if you don't think so at the moment. And, okay, uh, thank you. you know, I guess. Yeah. Wow, that that's that's pretty interesting. I I it it, it was interesting to uh, 
hear you talk about your new friend, um, I just didn't realize, I didn't make the connection that your new friend is Arush, uh, the the uh, 12 year old um, UAE, uh, uh, UAE future student. As you can tell, Monster. he's a very mature twelve. <laughs> oh, I can, I can, I can tell. Uh, he, and I think that is probably because his parents have been an absolute rock of inspiration, support, motivation, and facilitation. Absolutely. Um, well, that's that's interesting. We're definitely going to probably be keeping an eye on uh, young Arush Rajani um, yes. at the Delhi uh, private school in Sharjah. Absolutely, or, uh, Arush. Um, we we fear and uh, respect you at the same time. Exactly. He's going to be uh, next week's guest, running the world, <laughs> and next week's guest. All right, everybody. Before we uh, close out today, we have one more thing that we have to do, as we always do. We go through last week's number. It's not. Um, our favorite segment, but it is the listener's favorite segment, and it's important we get to it. Yeah, and it is a necessary segment. Absolutely. Yeah, it is uh, necessary, and I'm pulling up the uh, pulling up the dashboard here. Look at this. We're up 14. Uh, percent Oh my! Pulled up gosh. out of the nosedive. Over the past 14 days, listen, gobbled the Lisa. The last episode was a hit. Almost a nice. hundred listens in the first week. That's quite high. Wow. That's that's the highest it's been in a while. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you did it, folks. You did it, folks. You brought us back from the edge of despair. We were we were planning we, we, out a, a mass suicide murder pact. We didn't want to. We we tried to hold back our emotions last week when we were talking about the numbers, but afterwards we all wept and I cried. Uh, yeah. So thank yeah. you for just bringing those back up. Um, Previous 14 days, up 14%. Let's go through all of them. Um, let's celebrate here. Yeah. Absolutely. I would just like to say we were watching Taxi Driver over and over and over again and just obsessing over the Jodie Foster character after last week's numbers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we were planning on doing something bold and elaborate to get all of your attention again. Yeah. But we're glad I guess that we don't have to we can anymore. sort of settle down now. Yeah. Yeah, we don't yeah. have to anymore. Yeah, look at this. Over the last seven days, we've had 195 downloads. Mm-hmm. Last 30 days... 557 downloads and then our all-time downloads is at 3,919 meaning we are very close what 81 away from uh, the big uh, four zero 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 we can do it next week 4,000 we can get 4,000 listens by next week all time that is incredible uh, wow and for for such a uh, you know interesting podcast uh i i believe that it should be forty thousand, but that's that's you know we're a scrappy you know devil may care podcast yep uh we are we don't all play we don't play by the rules you know nope. we're not part of like the players club podcasts nope, nope. we're uh, public we're school s- educated as i mentioned yeah. so everything's not necessarily correct um we're full we of may have attitudes though. yeah we may have attitudes. We, do have attitudes we might have a couple of emotional problems yep uh, it might not be so fun to listen to all the time. I mean, uh, <laughs> but like, what? What do you? What do we? What are we supposed to do about that? Yeah. What yeah. else do you listen? I mean, you're probably listening to, to stuff made by uh, professional content creators right. in, in New York or Los Angeles or London or wherever you may be. Whatever. When the- you listen to other <laughs> podcasts, you see the person. You see the you that you wish you were. But when you mm-hmm. listen to us, you see yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you see who you really are. And that scares a lot of people off. But our listeners are willing and ready to confront their reality every day by listening to stories about pistachio heists and Turkish clam monsters, etc., etc. Yeah, where else are you getting this kind of news? This is the world you live in. Hey. That's where I slap the listener. (laughs) Ow. Listen. Like Keep fate. listening and just you know forgive us our flaws and celebrate our uh, our triumphs, okay? Yeah, or yeah, else right? Devin will and celebrate me again. Yeah, and is- we're up this week, so thank you. And yeah, keep it up. Thank you. Yeah. Let's keep yeah. this gravy train rolling. Thank you very Absolutely. much, listeners, for keeping uh, uh, these numbers up high. And keep downloading. Keep listening. I know Robbie's having a beer and listening to five episodes at once somewhere in New Zealand. That's the yes. kind of dedication I want to hear. Hey, if you need to take a break and then like mainline a bunch of episodes one week, do it. Fine. Do it. Because it'll be reflected in the week's numbers, which we go over habitually. 
habitually is right, John. All right, everybody. You... Are we going to look at the? Uh, are we going to end it? Because I was kind of in, I was wondering where we were nation wise. Oh, I like. John, oh yeah, that. let's look at the nations. Yeah, let's let's go long on this thing. Sure, sure, let's sure. Let's dig in here. Okay, let's so, dig in. <laughs> uh, listen, at the top we still have United States of America. We're pulling in seventy-two point two percent of our listens. Number two, it is, it is the number one nation in the world. So to give credit where it's due. Sure, and then uh, number two, Canada, ten point five percent, which. Didn't where we we were below ten percent yeah. before, right? Yeah, we were. So yeah. we're yep. increasing our Canadian listenership. Australia, number our three, foothold in Canada. Number three, four point two percent. Five eyes. We're we're big with the five eyes. It's true, very true. Edward yeah. Snowden, are you there? This is now <laughs> uh, United Kingdom is number four with three point two seven percent. Argentina, number five. Dedicated then, but loyal Argentina. Austria, yep. Poland, New Zealand, Portugal, Latvia, Slovakia, Lithuania, Taiwan, United States Minor Outlang Islands, and South Africa. <laughs> and then unknown, four unknowns. Unknown. Those must yeah. be micronations. Yes, yeah, micronations. Global citizens. We global are big citizens. with micronations. Um, we are big. Those are the people listening while they fly, like on a, in a jet, like yes. across continents. Yes, yep, absolutely. Those are like our premium A, triple A class reserve tier listener. Yeah, yeah. We we love having those types of listeners. So, hey, you <laughs> listener, um, we hope you're doing well. We hope you are smitten with these words that are coming out of our mouths, and we hope you keep listening and stay on. The right side of the news. I don't know what that means, but uh, <laughs> please enjoy, and we will talk to you next week. I love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.